welcome back to The 100 Report. I'm Chris. I'm Charlie. And today we are going to be running through the Birmingham Phoenix squad. Now, this is actually a very strong squad and it, it kind of was last season, but it's even more strong now given that they've added a couple of extra local players and a few players that had a really good season last year in the truncated uh, county season in the UK. So let's talk about the players that are out. Now, we know Ravi Bapara, who was part of this squad, has now moved and is with London Spirit. I think it's a shame for the squad in a sense because he provides a real balance with bat and ball. And we also lost two players uh, to the Colpac ruling. We lost Cameron Delport and Ricky Vessels. So they're both gone. But we've had four new players, so that means that this squad is at its full complement now. And we'll get to all of the new ones now. One of them especially is one that I was really quite surprised that was going to be in a contest such as the 100. But I will elucidate more when I get to it, especially because there were some very surprising things about him that I discovered along my my research times. So uh, let's go to the England centrally contracted player. That's it's Mr. Perfect himself. It's Chris Wokes. Um, you know, I know, we all know Chris Wokes is ace. I love him. I want him in every team, in every squad, in every situation. I was really quite disappointed that he didn't get uh, much of a run out at all in India, um, especially given the level of balance he provides to the team. Yeah. And also it'd be really interesting because as we're recording this, the IPL starts tomorrow. Um, so excited. And it will just be, you know, interesting to see whether Chris Wokes gets many games. Uh, I really hope he gets the opportunity to prove himself. And it's a perfect warm up for the 100. So, yeah, hopefully Mr. Perfect will get his time to shine. Fingers crossed. And especially in Delhi, in the Delhi Capitals, it's going to be tough. They've got a very strong bowling lineup and their overseas bowlers are obviously Anrik Norkia and Kigisa Rabada. So it's pretty difficult to get into that squad. But um, it's the fact that he has such a good ability with the bat as well as the ball. And especially now they've lost Shreyas Iyer through injury, I think that Delhi could really use somebody like Chris Wokes. But anyway, I'm going to stop banging on about how great Chris Wokes is because we'll move on to the next one. Um, another senior England player, and you know as well, one of my own personal favourites. This is why Birmingham Phoenix are actually quite close to my own heart. They've got so many players that I just adore. Uh, and the next one is Moeen Ali himself, the one and only. Oh uh, yeah, who doesn't adore Mo and Ali? And again, similar to Chris Wokes in the fact that he does really excel with both bat and ball, like a great all-rounder. He always does well um, in his home ground and uh, leading the side as he does so well in the T20 blasts before he does so well with that. So yeah, fingers crossed he really excels for the 100 as well. I hope so too. And obviously by the time this comes out, the IPL will be well into it. So we will know by now one way or the other. So we'll sound a little bit out of date depending talking about Moe Nally's prospects in the IPL. Um, but let's, you just look at his domestic T20 record. It, it speaks for itself. He's got a batting average of 24, strike rate of 140. And he's got 110 domestic T20 wickets at 26 with strike rate of 21. Fantastic figures. Uh, for your all-rounder. That's genuine all-rounder quality. Um, one of the big ones that I'm curious about is where he's going to bat in the Birmingham Phoenix because, as we've discussed on previous podcasts, he's never really settled in a particular position. When he plays for uh, 
the Rapids, he usually bats at number three. When he plays in the PSL, he opens. For the IPL, he usually bats at four. For England, he bats at seven. We honestly don't know where the best position is. Um, if you had to ask me, I'd open with him. I'd put him in as an opener for this. Really interesting. Yeah. I think I'd probably have him come in at three or four. Ah, right. Well, this actually is an interesting segue because we are going to lead into the overseas players and probably one of the big marquee names. Birmingham have got a great trio of overseas players, but the first one is probably the most bankable number three in world cricket at the moment, and that's Kane Williamson. So I, that's, that's one of the reasons why I was thinking perhaps Mo will be a top order, will be an that's opener. Tricky. Kane Williamson is, is fantastic at that um third position because he's got such a level head so if you lose an early wicket he's a little bit like Joe Root I think it's probably with a slightly better strike rate um he's just fantastic and he's got such leadership experience he is as cool as a cucumber yeah and obviously he'll be out in the IPL playing for Sunrisers Hyderabad go Sunrisers I'm curious because he is down as an all-rounder but recently he's been playing more as a batsman obviously he had some questions about his bowling action but again it should be interesting to see whether that's going to be used um he's also just a good bloke you remember last year when the pandemic first started and he was just doing all these instagram videos playing cricket and doing slip catching with his dog with his dog yeah his dog is very well trained um yeah certainly i mean this this group so far is is, is made up of really nice guys both kane williamson and chris wokes um, and Moe and Ali. I'm intrigued to see who's next. Well, the next one is somebody that you definitely want around if you have long hotel stints, and you can tell why if any of the, our listeners or uh, subscribers have watched the test on Amazon, because uh, it's Adam Zampa, the Australian leg spinner, is their second overseas player. A great coffee, right? <laughs> yeah, he brings his own kit. He's the dictionary definition of a hipster, and uh, he seems like a good laugh. And him and Marcus Stoinis always seemed like they had a very good rapport on that. Yeah, I, I, he's also a very, very good leg spinner and is, in many cases, Australia's go-to one-day spin bowling option, um, especially since Nathan Lyon is getting a little bit more regarded as a test specialist. But Adam Zampa, leg spinner, we already wax lyrical about how useful having a leg spinner in short form cricket is. He's got 43 international T20 wickets at an average of 22, an economy of just under seven, a strike rate of 19.6. He's also had some very big accolades as far as bowling is concerned because he took a six for in the IPL. And I think that if you perform on the IPL stage, you can perform anywhere. Definitely, because I think the whole world watches that competition. And I think with the money involved, it's probably a lot of pressure. And to get a six foot is mad in, in T20. So again, in those conditions, under the heat, under those lights, with the crowd, I mean, that's fantastic. No doubt he'll do really well here too. Definitely. And the last overseas signing, sadly, we won't see him in the IPL um, because of the, uh, the embargoes between India and Pakistan, is Pakistan's current opening bowler, left-arm fast bowler, Shaheen Shah Afridi. Now, a personal favourite of mine, you know when we spoke to Tamal Mills how I really always go after left-arm bowlers, especially because me, such as my cricketing ability is, is that I'm a left-armer, so I like seeing it and especially when you can see somebody who bowls as quickly as Shaheen Shah Afridi. He 
also has a very good stat. He is the youngest player to take a five for in a Cricket World Cup. Uh, he actually took six in that particular thing. Um, but Birmingham retained him at 60K, which I think is a steal for Shaheen Shahafridi. Um, but those are your three overseas players. I think that's great. It covers all your bases. You have a sort of lower order hitter, leg spinner in Adam Zampa, probably one of the best number threes in the world in Kane Williamson, and a left arm fast bowler who he, he just he just eats up wickets in short form cricket. I really think those those are real sensible choices for for Birmingham Phoenix because I think that all three of those players are truly consistent in what they do and you know exactly what you're getting with all three of them. Um, you don't need to rely on them having a good day and you know going crazy with the bat and getting a crazy strike rate that they, he sometimes does, but then you know he might give give away his wicket really easily. Those three are really consistent and I think that's really sensible choices. Let's move on to some of the other players. So we mentioned there's a new player who's been attached to Birmingham Phoenix who was picked up in the draft. Um, Dom Sibley, England's test opening batsman. What do we think? Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think Dom Sibley falls under the same category-ish as Rory Burns. We've spoken about him, potentially Zach Crawley. I don't think you can probably put Joe Denley in there because he does do really, really well in the BBL. You know, <sighs> I think that he, Don Sibley did his part in the test series. Um, you know, I think for, was it last summer, he scored probably one of the slowest centuries we've ever seen. But that's fine in the test series. And we really actually needed someone to stay in because we were losing early wickets. It'd be really interesting to see if he even gets a game. And I just don't know whether he is made of white ball material. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think he's had the opportunity. Well, for his domestic club for Warwickshire, he does have a T20 average of 29 and a strike rate of 121. So he, he, he can do it. I think it's just we've seen him play in test cricket and it's about how much you switch up your game. Somebody like Joe Root is a master of switching up their game. So it's, I'll be curious to see if Don Sibley can do the same thing. But you're right in terms of how and when he plays. I think it all depends on the availability and the fitness of Kane Williamson, because I really feel like that's the person that's stopping Dom Sibley from getting a regular run in the team. We also have another England player who is making waves now. I know when we were talking about this, I was waxing lyrical about him because I'm a Lancashire fan. It's Liam Livingston. Yeah, he's been doing quite well recently, I think. All eyes on Liam at the moment. Well, yeah, do you remember in the initial auction, he went for top whack of 125K. And I think we were all a little bit taken aback given the amount of players that were available. But Birmingham went for Liam Livingston with 125K. You can see what he does. He is an all-rounder. I'd say he's a batting all-rounder because he bowls um, off spin, but he also throws in leg breaks as well. And we saw he, he had that knack of just picking up wickets. I think neither of them were particularly good balls when he got two wickets in his first game in India. The first time that we did the podcast breakdown of these, he was meant to go to the IPL, but then turned it down. Subsequently, he's now got into the England squad and people are now aware of who Liam Livingston is. And now he's out there playing for Rajasthan. He's got a batting average of 27, a bowling average of 18, a strike rate of 13. Um, so I think he is going to be a real mainstay for this team. Let's run through some of the other team's uh, players. Um, the first one that we'll go for is Tom Helm. Um, so he is a fast bowler that's been associated with the England Lions. Um, in the 2019 Blast, he topped the T20 bowling average. Um, he bats usually sort of seven or eight. Um, I wonder if Tom Helm 
is the like-for-like -like replacement of Chris Wokes. Because we have to accept there is a reality that Chris Wokes might go away to play against India when the concurrent test series is going on. Next up, we have Adam Hose, who is Birmingham Bears opening batsman, uh, batting average of 30, strike rate of 143. Um, in his T20 debut, he got 76 of 43. Um, I think he's a great potential local player. It will be interesting to see if he is going to make the initial starting squads, given the strength of batting that they've got in players like Moeen Ali, Kane Williamson, even Dom Sibley. I reckon Adam Hose is actually going to be prevented by Dom Sibley if Dom Sibley gets in, because I feel that from an England perspective, they want Dom Sibley to succeed and add that extra level to his game. The next one... He's one of my favourites. Um, I don't know how au fait you are with Henry Brooks, but Henry Brooks is one of my favourite young fast bowlers. He has actually been listed in the Cricketer magazine as one to watch for this season's county championship. He's got that fiery attitude that you want. Um, think of Kigisa Rabada and how he steams in with a lot of rage and passion. He wants to win. Ashley Giles and Ian Bell are both huge fans of Henry Brooks. I saw him a bit in the blast and I think he's got what it takes and I think that we'll see him in England colours. Not Is he lefty? Is he lefty or righty? He's a righty. Um, um, and, uh, with such um, an amazing write-up from Chris that he's going to turn out to be a left a left arm bowler. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite, not quite. This is one of the few exceptions that I'm going to throw out. We also have Benny Howell. So he is a stalwart at Gloucestershire, an all-rounder, bowls medium pace, and I would say he's a T20 specialist. Went for 75k, so he was somebody they definitely wanted. Um, obviously, they've retained him. I know it's a few years ago, but in the 2016 blast, he took 24 wickets. So that's quite a lot for a NatWest blast tournament. He also was a trailblazer in English players in domestic franchise cricket, because obviously we don't really see Benny Howell on the international stage much, but he was one of the first England players that played in the Bangladesh Premier League. I, I reckon he'll probably walk into the opening 11, uh, just based on his stats. Now, the next one, one of my favourites, and if Henry Brooks is on the radar for England's future, this bowler absolutely is. It's Pat Brown. Do you remember watching him much last season? Yeah, he looked really promising, and I know that he's definitely caught the eyes of a couple of them, the English selectors, so we'll see. Moeen Ali speaks about him a lot, and I know Moeen Ali was very happy that Pat Brown was picked up by Birmingham for this. Now, the big thing about Pat Brown, he... I think he's a bit like England's Shardal Thakur um, in that he bowls loads of variations and you really have no idea what's coming at you until it's coming at you. But in the 2018 blast, he was the lead wicket taker. I'd say that was the first time everybody noticed Pat Brown and went, oh, who is this person? Um, I think he's a great option and he's going to be a great contrast bowler. We're going to see him bowl in the death overs for sure. He is... For Birmingham Bears, what Chris Jordan is for the Southern Brave. So he's going to be bowling the death balls, the death overs, and a great contrast to someone like Shaheen Shah Afridi, who mixes up his pace and his line, whereas Pat Brown mixes up his speeds in the air. We have a couple more. Uh, Chris Cook, who is a wicketkeeper for Glamorgan, and he's also Glamorgan's T20 captain. Now, I think he's going to be the first choice wicketkeeper here because, as you've noticed, we don't really have a glut of wicketkeepers here. And one of the big things that we're trying to figure out for the 100 is 
how important it is to have somebody who is a pure wicketkeeper or somebody who is a wicketkeeper that can also get you loads and loads of runs. He has a batting average of 24, a strike rate of 138. So I reckon we'll probably see him in the middle order somewhere. That's, that's my guess. Three more. We have Tom Abel. Now, if you remember, Tom Abel was signed originally to the Manchester Originals. Now, he uh, got released from the Manchester Original squad, but then Birmingham picked him up. Batting all-rounder from Somerset. I don't know what it is. There's something in the water at the moment. So you've, have you seen what Tom Lamanby has been doing down in Somerset at the moment? No. Uh, he is, I reckon he's going to top the county championship runs. I think either Tom Lamanby or Alistair Cook. Um, but Tom Abel is their new bright prospect for Somerset for their, for their short-form cricket. Yeah, he's a regular. He bowls medium pace as well, so that's going to be very useful. Average is 30 in T20, which is a very high average as far as T20 batters are concerned. Uh, he even has a T20 century, which uh, he made in the blast a couple of years ago. We've got Miles Hammond, uh, who's one of the new acquisitions. He got picked up in the auction. Left-hand batsman, uh, T20 batting average of 24, strike rate almost at 140. And he had a decent blast last year. It wasn't amazing, but it was, it was decent. Now, I think that what he has been brought in to do is provide a left-hand batting option. Because as we're seeing more and more in short-form cricket, people always want to have a left-hander and a right-hander at the crease at any particular time. I don't know, do you see that actually for a lot of these games in the 100, we will have a batting lineup of 1 to 11, but for most of the games that won't necessarily be the case? Yeah, I think it's very much a case of um, adjusting the batting order depending on the start um, of your innings and the strike rates of the players. Because, you know, if you do have like we discussed before with someone like Owen Morgan at London Spirit, you don't want, he's got, they've got so many batters in their lineup. You don't want to leave him with no balls to face because he's got such an incredible strike rate, especially at the death overs. So I definitely think it will be a question of floating the order and just being flexible and seeing what, seeing what it throws at you. I couldn't agree more. I, I really do think that you might see, um, somebody somebody like Miles Hammond down to bat at number six but if Moeen Ali gets out they might just send him straight in to keep a left hand right hand combination going we will see but the last batsman I want to talk about is another uh, new acquisition is Daniel Bell Drummond who is a Kent batsman opener averages 13 T20 and he actually is one of the English players that is making a name for himself going around all the franchises who won't necessarily be on the England radar, but is making waves doing, doing all of the franchise games. So he's played in the PSL, played in the BPL. I think one of the reasons they picked him up was because he was playing in the Sri Lankan Premier League and he had a great time out there. For an English batsman in unfamiliar Asian conditions, he got 151 runs in six innings there, including a couple of not outs. So I think that speaks about recent form coming into the game. And that is... The whole squad. Uh, the coach is Andrew McDonald. I forgot to mention that at the beginning of the podcast, which I usually do. Um, as we all know, he's the assistant coach at Australia. So under Justin Langer, he's had quite a lot of international experience and has been in and around the franchise circuit for a long time. I think this is a great opportunity for him to show his credentials as an out-and-out coach. And with a squad like this, there's very little to grumble about. Sounds pretty good. I think they're looking really, really strong. As I said before, I think quite a few sensible choices there, which is great because you're not 
hoping someone's going to have a good day. These guys are, are consistent. Like, should we run through the Birmingham women's, uh, Birmingham Phoenix women's squad? Well, I am very much looking forward to this because one of my favourite women's cricketers is in this and was one of the late edition players to it. So I can't wait to see who's part of this squad. Okay, well, we're going to start with the international players, so um, we'll get to her very quickly. <laughs> um, but we're going to start off with Sophie Devine, who is the captain of New Zealand. She's one of the all-time great all-rounders in the game. In 2020, she became the first player, whether male or female, to score five consecutive T uh, T20 international 50s in a row. And she actually went on to then get the sixth one also. Um, she's got great BBL experience. Um, her strike rate is 124. Her average is 30. And she's also got a bowling economy of six which wow. is fantastic. Um, but the interesting thing about Sophie Devine is she also used to represent New Zealand on the international stage in hockey as well. So just a super talented sportswoman. She is one of the best players in world cricket at the moment, certainly in the women's game. I can't wait to see it. I think their overseas picks are so good, but I, I'm, I'm going to stop because I'll just start banding <laughs> off the wall. Okay, next up is Ashley Gardner. Um, she's uh, obviously from Australia, another all-rounder. She was a two-time world champion by the age of 22. And she's a right arm off-break bowler. She also has an economy of six, this like golden number of six. Uh, right arm bat, she's got a strike rate of 131. So real good stats for an all-rounder. Her BBL experience is fantastic. Her spectacular 114 not out of 52 balls still remains the highest score in the women's BBL. So a great addition to add to Sophie Devine two really strong all-rounders yeah absolutely next up Chris do you want to introduce the, the third international yes player? I do I do it's Elise Perry <laughs> <laughs> Elise Perry she was only announced recently to join the Birmingham Phoenix squad um, she was the youngest Australian to play international cricket at 16 she was the in the first group of women to be handed full contracts by Cricket Australia. Um, but then she also went to represent Australia in the World Cup football. So she was the first woman to represent Australia in the World Cup in two different sports. So again, just obviously super talented in anything she tries with when it comes to sports. Um, her batting average is 29. Her bowling average is 19 with an economy of five. <laughs> and th this is this isn't even taking into account her fielding and um, you just just type in just go on to any website type in elise perry fielding and you'll see uh, yeah what an acquisition i can't wait to see her play um we're going to move on to one of the england players she's very well known it's amy jones she's the wicketkeeper batsman for england and for warwickshire so local player um really strong opening bat and uh, had to wait very patiently to be awarded the gloves in the England team, waiting for Sarah, Sarah Taylor's uh, retirement. Um, she's also had a great BBL experience. Her T20 strike rate is 116. Um, she had a great season in 2019, scoring 350s on the bounce for England and Sri Lanka. And she was chosen ahead of Tammy Bowman in the T20 World Cup in 2020, although she did struggle there for a bit of consistency. But safe pair of hands, really good opening bat, um, and great local knowledge in Amy Jones. But next up, we've got Georgia Elwes. She's an all-rounder from Sussex, also plays for England, um, although she was born locally in Wolverhampton. And she's also had captaincy experience. 
She's also right arm medium fast bowler, middle order bat, strike rate of 96, although um, her average is nine. So needs to work on the average for the T20, but her bowling economy is five. And in one day, it's three. <laughs> that's a stupid economy rate. That's, that's silly. That's the only word for it. It's a silly bowling rate. Really silly. Um, we have another talented top order batsman, uh, Rhea Fackrell. She's part of the Warwickshire setup. Um, she's been part of the Warwickshire setup since she was 10 years old. She's been shy of runs last season, so we'll definitely be keen to do well. And she's also part of the England training squad, so on the peripheries for, for a place in England. So she'll be really desperate to get good runs behind her for this competition. Emily Arlott plays for Worcestershire Women. Uh, she's a right arm medium pace bowler. She is, was Worcestershire's Women's Player of the Year in 2019. Uh, and she also received one of those golden full-term contracts last year with the team. And she's also been in and around the England Women's Academy. So it's great that some of these players are so close to being awarded the position in the England squad that they're gonna use any platform just to really excel and get the selectors on board. I really think actually Birmingham are quite well placed in terms of um, spe specifically the Women's Cricket Academy because the academy is in Loughborough. So it feels like Birmingham and Trent Rockets are, are just geographically in a very good position to find all of the local talent. Good point. Yeah. Um, Thea Brooks is up next and Thea's just started following us on Twitter. So thanks for the follow. <laughs> no, Chris is not going to plug that. No, you've missed a chance. Oh, oh, um, no, oh I'm going to plug, no, you've, you've Okay, if you're not following us, then please do. Uh, we're on Twitter, at 100report, on Instagram, at the100report. If you're watching this, it's on YouTube. The subscribe button's right there. Give us a follow. Right, thank you. <laughs> so, I'm so glad that you're awake to this and not me. <laughs> you normally don't miss an opportunity, so I gave you a little pregnant pause there. Um, anyway, so Sophia Brooks, all-rounder from Warwickshire. She was part of the winning T20 um, squad for Warwickshire. Um, in the cup in 2019 she makes really consistent contributions with the bat but also really useful talented off-spin bowler um, but she's also a PE teacher as well. We're seeing um, a sort of a run of that there's a few people in in each one of the squads who have multiple jobs that are juggling lots of different things hopefully the the contract system that's coming into place now will mean that that's not so prescient an issue that actually a lot of these women can just focus on their cricket and focus on their game. But yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want your PE teacher to be playing for a franchise? <laughs> I know, free tickets, miss. <laughs> um, Gwen Davies uh, plays for Warwickshire. She's a batsman and a wicketkeeper, also part of that same T20, T20 winning squad in 2019. Um, she's also head of girls cricket at Shrewsbury School. So another one there. Also recently won a full-time domestic contract with Central Sparks. So I'm not sure how that stands with her head of girls cricket. Maybe she can still do that hand in hand. Hmm. Phoebe Franklin is up next. She plays for Kent. She is a bat batsman, batsman all-rounder. Um, didn't get to find too much about Phoebe online, apart from her nickname is Phoebe's. Best uh, batting uh, score was 56 and her best score with the ball is four for nine. So I don't actually know what context the four for nine is in, but whatever context it was, you definitely take that. Fantastic. 
I think this is the other good thing that, you know, obviously I'm looking ahead to the end of August when the first season's gone. We will actually have a lot more information available to us on some of these players that we don't know anything about and it's difficult to find information about. Um, obviously, again, if any of our listeners know a specific thing, I've noticed that actually quite a lot of the fans of the women's game uh, have been following this recently and I'm learning an awful lot about it. So if you guys are listening... And you can fill us in on anything. If we sound stupid or we don't know what we're on about, then let us know. Throw a comment in. Um, we, we love to find this stuff out. We're voracious for information. Quite, quite right. Um, Kirsty Gordon, she's a slow left-arm orthodox bowler for the Lightning and England. She previously played for Scotland and then switched nationality in 2018 to represent England. Her T20 economy is five with an average of 12. So you can see why England probably stole her, really wanted yeah, her. That's not bad. That's not um, bad. And I think, um, yeah, I'm wondering if the Bryce sisters will be as happy about that or not. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of want the Bryce sisters to keep playing for Scotland. They're, they're doing their thing and doing it magnificently. And anyway, that's an assumption. You know, they might just, you know, my, well, my dad's Welsh. And if you ask my dad whether he would consider playing anything for England, he probably would say no. So it just sort of makes sense, but... Yeah. I love that this this is the case with Kirsty. She's clearly a, a bowler, but she has she had one innings to bat in the T Twenty match, um, and she got one not out of one ball. So it means that her strike rate is hundred. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Good for her. Um, Evelyn Jones. She's a left-hand opening bat. Uh, and slow left-arm bowler for Central Sparks and Warwickshire. She's a former Lancashire captain, so great leadership experience, and she's also part of the England Academy. Her last match for the Sparks, she got 115 knocked out. Um, so great stats, and as I said, good leadership experience, good head on her shoulders. Left-hand opening bat, always really useful to have in your team. Definitely. Um, Marie Kelly, she plays for Warwickshire. She's also an opening bat right-handed and she's part of the England developmental squad. She's also a sports coach and a sports scientist, um, although she's recently been one of the 40 players to receive one of those golden full, full-time contracts. Oh, um, yes, so she's, she was part of the T20 uh, champions, that same uh, group of ladies in 2019, in which she was top scorer in the final game against Lancashire. Um, so fantastic uh, to have her in the squad. Uh, we've got two left. Next up, we have another Scottish player. She's a leg spinner, Abata Maksud. Um, as far as I can tell, she only plays for only, but she only plays for Scot the Scottish women's team. I'm not sure she's affiliated with any of the domestic teams. Correct me if I'm wrong again, please, anyone. Oh, we'll have to find um, out. We have to talk about her economy rate in T20. Uh -huh. It's not six, it's not five, it's four. Oh, you know, it's funny. I, saw, I saw a podcast where Abata Maksud was interviewed. I haven't watched it yet. Um, and if if we're following each other on Twitter, can somebody tell me whether uh, where that interview is? Because I really want to have a, have a watch of it. Yeah, that is an absurd economy. That's absurd. Uh, that's Catherine Bryce levels of absurd. <laughs> but also, I love, I love the fact that it's not, you know, it's not like, like I mentioned before, that's, you know, one off one ball gives you a strike rate of 100. She's actually had those figures throughout 14 matches. 
um, that is her average. So really, really promising and yeah, amazing to have her in the squad. Yeah. Last but certainly not least, we have a very exciting player to talk about. We've got Isabel Wong, who is a right arm quick bowler. Um, she is still super young and she's also, um, I was reading probably the similar article to you on Cricket Monthly of the uh, players to watch for the next decade and she was up there with the top with the greats already so she's super exciting prospect she's only 18 years old she plays for Warwickshire and the Central Sparks she's part she was part of the England training squad in New Zealand she wasn't part of the playing team mm-hmm. but part of the training squad in that pace camp because she is really excited and determined to reach that 80 mile an hour ball which hasn't been achieved yet from any female player and she's looking like she might she might well do that um, one day very soon. Um, she's, she's definitely a fan favourite amongst uh, the people who I speak to on Twitter. Um, yeah, Izzy Wong's name is is already out there. It's it's like a lot of younger players. Um, it's perhaps not in the same vein, but you know how I talked about how Kahisa Rabada is considered in in the same halls as Dale Stain or Alan Donald and things like that. Izzy Wong's already been talking uh, been talked about, and at such a young age. Like you said, to be part of the England camp, I know she was one of only three players that didn't actually get a game, but to be part of that bubble and to have all of this prospect ahead of you, it's it's a bit of a big cross to bear, but how exciting is it? It's so exciting. And one point that I really liked in an interview, um, she said, who's your cricketing hero? And she said, Catherine Brunt, which I thought was really, really nice. So obviously she'll be playing against her in the 100. So there's your lot. Re- again really exciting group of ladies and I think that um, they are a particularly strong team yeah absolutely I think a strong all-round squad in in both of the squads um yeah really just good like it's it's good without being flashy it's very strong um without sort of showing off it feels like they're the team that are just gonna glide along you know I know that I know you're a huge fan of Southern Brave and they've got all of these hallmark marquee players and it's big and it's brash and it's loud. This team seems to me like the one that's just going to sort of coast along and, oh, oh, they're in the final. I totally agree with you. It's so funny because I was just, like, whilst you were talking about the Southern Brave, I was just envisaging, you know, Jofra Archer with his big gold chains and Andre Russell the same and these big personalities. And then you've got Birmingham Phoenix where you've got the likes of Kane Williamson and... Chris Wokes, Moeen Ali, and they're really underrated players, uh, really humble guys that just blow you out the park. So I think you're, you're spot on with that one. Yeah, definitely. same can be said with the women's squad as well. Well, no, except for Elise Perry. It, it, uh, contrastingly, yeah, the, the women's squad has a couple more, a, a bit more flashiness to it with like Elise Perry and Isabel Wong and things like that. Yeah. I don't know. Very, very exciting. But That uh, is the end of the team talks. Um, So again, thanks for listening. And if you haven't picked your team yet, go and have a look at all of the rest of our team talks that are already up on YouTube. And if you're not subscribed to us yet, then please do. We are, like I said, on Instagram at the hundred report, the word hundred. We are on Twitter at hundred report, and we are obviously on YouTube. So if you haven't already hit that like and subscribe, then please do. Uh, at the time of recording, so we recorded this on the 8th of April. We just passed the hundred subscribers on YouTube. So thank you so much to everybody that's subscribing to us. 
and uh, we hope you're enjoying what we're doing and we are going to continue busting out all that sweet content and that all that leaves for me to say is we'll speak to you very soon and thank you for listening it's bye from me <laughs> it's goodbye from me take it easy Thank you.